Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. everyone. Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today I am really excited to bring to you David Essel. He is a number one best-selling author, counselor, master life coach, international speaker, and minister whose mission is to positively affect two million people or more every single day in every area of life, regardless of their current circumstances. Celebrity Jenny McCarthy says David Essel is the new leader of the positive thinking movement. David's work of 38 years is also highly endorsed by the late Wayne Dyer, Chicken Soup of the Soul author Mark Victor Hansen, as well as many other celebrities and radio and television networks from all around the world. He is verified through Psychology Today as one of the top counselors and life coaches in the USA and is verified through Marriage.com as one of the top relationship counselors and coaches in the world. Hey, David. It's so exciting to have you on the show today. Robin, I am ready. We're going to have a dynamic conversation and we are going to change lives. Yeah, you know, that's what this show is all about, is empowering people to make conscious decisions about their, their love life, their relationships, their sexuality, and to, you know, empower their children to do the same. And so I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you because I believe that, you know, it really starts with the parents. You know, the parents are the role model. If we're not having a good relationship, if we're not having a good time with our partner, then, you know, kids pick up on that sort of thing. And so... One of the things I think is really important is to make sure that, you know, the parents are having that good, that really magical, great connection, great sex, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I really want that for all of my listeners. And so, you know, with all this COVID stuff that's happening and, you know, there's so much stress, you know, with the financial, we're stuck at home, you know, some of us and just, you know, there's a lot of chaos and create, you know, craziness just in our environment. So there's a lot of stress and, I think it's, you know, it's impacting couples in a lot of ways, you know, whether parents are trying to homeschool their kids or make ends meet, you know, with the job situation, and it can really take a toll on our relationships. And so I wanted to talk to you today about ways that we can, you know, deepen that connection and really have that strong, connected relationship that I think so much of us are seeking. I know. For me personally, you know, I was dating up until a year ago, and one of the things that I was looking for, you know, in my search for a man was somebody who I felt like was looking more than just like the standard relationship out there, you know, looking Mm -hmm. for that deeper connection, that something more. And I don't know if I could necessarily at the time, like, verbalize what that more was, But I know from, you know, reading your book and looking into your work a little bit that you are helping couples, you know, who are struggling with their relationships, find those deeper connections, those spiritual connections, that emotional um, depth that people are really looking for. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, and Robin, and you know, I've been in this field over 40 years now, a very long time. 
and one of the things I see is that there is so much shame and guilt around the concept of sex, sensuality, uh, orgasm. I mean, there's so, we just don't even want to use those words. You know, I've used those words on your show already and we're still on the air, which is really quite phenomenal because there's a lot of people that would go, oh my God, sex, sensuality, orgasm, we can't go there. But that's one of the things that I love. You know, I'm a minister, a counselor, life coach, author, and even in my minister's work, my work is to help monogamous couples go deeper in the experience of being monogamous with each other. And part of the gift of monogamy is our bodies. Part of the gift of monogamy is what we don't do with anyone else. Part of the gift of a relationship, a marriage, is that we're going to do things with this special person that we've selected that we're not going to share with other individuals. And, you know, on the back of the book, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read the back of it because this is really the, the, the whole philosophy of this entire book. It says, do you want monogamy with intense passion? Do you want monogamy with deep sexual excitement? Do you want monogamy with a mind-blowing erotic touch? Now, the funny thing is, Robin, is that a lot of people don't equate monogamy with those three things I just said. You know, they You're go, right. It's Saturday night. It's time to have sex. It's like, no, you know, I wrote this book because I'm saying there's so much joy. There are so many treasures. There's so many experiences that you don't have with your partner because you're not openly speaking. You mentioned, you know, something that in the book that I, I want our, our listeners to know is that there's writing exercises to help you explore what are my desires? What do I like? You know, we have a chart in the, and we put the chart in the book three times on a, for purpose. And it's 50 plus different ways to become erotic, sensual, and deeper in love with your partner. And we say to people, uh, several of the exercises are, now go back to the chart and circle those areas that you might have an interest in that maybe you're embarrassed to talk about, but that's the first place. What is it that you desire? Okay, I'm gonna, I got a great story for you. We've got tons of stories in the book. You've read the book. But one guy came to me and he's, he's a go-getter. He's a type A dominant male. He's always had these incredibly intense relationships. He's in a relationship today. He doesn't take crap from anyone, but something was missing. And he couldn't figure out what it was. He says, you know, I've got this great girlfriend. She's submissive. I'm dominant. She loves it. I love it. But there's still something missing. So in our work together, I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I want you to go and Google adult videos. I want you to go and Google, just Google and watch a few and see what you come back with. Seven days later, he couldn't believe it, Robin. Here's was his answer. He said, David, of everything I watched, do you know what's missing? French kissing. Mm -hmm. He said, I could, I'm watching this video of this guy and this woman, French kissing, deep, intense, prolonged, and he goes, I've never done that. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid even to bring it up to my girlfriend because I don't know what she's going to say. And of course he brings it up and she goes, oh my God, yes. But, <laughs> you know, but, right. here's the, but the funny thing is, is that, you know, you could be with someone for a year and you stop kissing. You could be with someone for six months. And then what about the people who are together 30, 40, and 50 years? They give a little peck on the cheek. That's not connection. Yeah. You know, that's like, I'm going to have to put up with you again. So let me give you a kiss on the cheek, you know, instead of opening your mouth and let my, let my tongue swirl and dance all around with your tongue. Let's, let's get into this. 
you know, one of the things people forget is the lips and the tongue have so many sensory endings. Yeah, so it's very sensual. And I think people, you know, that's one of the things I think as relationships go on through time, like in the beginning, it's all hot and heavy, you know, <laughs> people are, you know, they're very into the touch and touchy feely kind of stuff. And it's very sensual and that and as time goes on, we lose that sensuality for whatever reason, you know, whether we're too busy yeah. or whatever, but I think you're right, you know, like, that French kissing, like for me, like huge turn on, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's very, yeah. It's massive, isn't it? It's ironic. Yeah. And yet, you know, when, when I talk to, because, you know, I work every day with couples. And when I talk to them and I'll say, when was the last time, you know, here, here's the term you'll love, Robin. You know, when was the last time you had a really intense makeout session? <laughs> you know, it's like they go, uh, yeah. When I, was, when I was 18, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, until more recently, I would tell people like the best making out that you will ever experience is before the first time you have sex. Mm -hmm. And so like relish those years, like as you're a teenager, because yeah. like, that'll be like the best making out that you'll ever have. Because once you like get into like, Oh, we've already crossed that threshold of sex. You know, it's like, once you start to get turned on, you just go right for sex instead of like drawing out that whole you know, beforehand that, you know, like building up to the sensual, you know, building up of the sensual. And yeah. And, and the thing is, is that imagine that you're with someone for any period of time and you haven't been involved with French kissing and some of these things that we talk about, the 50 plus flavors of erotic love. It will it could easily feel like you're back in high school. And that's what the guy says in my book. He goes, I felt like I was in high school again. You know, it was a great answer on his part because we miss so much of that connection. And I'm gonna go back to the obligatory sex, you know, once a month, once a week, once a, and then we wonder why, Robin, there's so much addiction to pornography. We wonder why there's so many affairs. And by the way, women are starting to catch up to men on having affairs and relationships. Sure. We wonder why there's so much insanity. We wonder, well, you know, we've lost that ability to, to connect. We've lost that deep, deep, deep ability to say to someone, you know, at the end of one of the chapters, I say, this is what I want. I want you to look deeply into your partner's eyes and say, I love you. I want you. You're mine. I'm yours forever. And mean it. And this isn't when you've met someone three weeks into the relationship. I'm talking 30 years into the relationship. I want that with couples. 40 years. Right. I want it. And, you know, in our book, there are so many stories of couples on the edge of divorce, on the edge of breakup, having another affair, going into workaholism, alcoholism, food addiction to avoid their intimate partner. And then we get them just with some simple techniques. For some people, it stays super light, super surface, French kissing, which drives them nuts. I'm all for it. And then there's other people that go, I want to put on thigh high leather boots, I want to wear a blindfold and I want you to restrain me to the bed. And I want, and we have all other options in the book that people can look at and say, it's consensual. Everything we talk about is consensual. You know, we don't ever, even though we use the word dominant and submissive, if you read, when you read the book and I'm a dominant man, I worship my submissive. I absolutely worship her. Is she submissive to me sensually, sexually? Yes. Does she worship me? Yes. 
And it's that beautiful combination. You know, one of the things that there was a woman I was talking to who's very, been, I've been in this, in this world or in the industry, we'll call it, or the lifestyle for about 25 years now. There's a friend of mine who's been in it about the same amount of time and her perception is totally different than mine. She goes back to the old dominant submissive roles, you know, and I say, well, that was good back in the 90s, 80s, 60s, 50s, 40s, but it's 2020. Let's bring it back up where we're more equal partners. We worship in different ways, each other's bodies, mind, and spirit. But in the past where the dominant would just be do this, do this, do this, it's totally changed in 2020, which is why I wrote the book. I, in, in all my years, now I'm 63, and so I've been in the world of intimacy since I was 13. So from 13 to 63, it's a pretty long time, right? 50 years. I have never, 40 years as a counselor, I have never in my life experienced the intense connection that I write about in the book in any other way. Mm-hmm. I have never understood how freeing it is to speak your mind about your partner's body, the way they kiss, to tell them how important they are to you, to tell them how much you love their butt or how much you love their, their toenails or their toes or how much you love their eyes or their lips. In our book, we teach people that when you start communicating with your heart through your mouth, you are gonna create some depth of intimacy and excitement you've never seen before, but there's mm-hmm. a risk. Mm-hmm. And the risk is you have to be vulnerable and open. The, the first story I tell in the book about my personal experience was in the mid-90s. I was dating a woman head over heels about her. I had never said anything to her. I told her I loved her all the time. I had never told her how much she turned me on. I never told her how much I loved her body. I never told her. I never told her any of it, you know, and I'm now bringing people into my client and I'm, or my practice. I'm starting to work in alternative love, which is what the book is about. Mm-hmm. about more expression, more creativity, more experimentation. And I'm looking at this woman who I love with all my heart. I'm more attracted to than anyone I've been with. And I've never said a damn thing. And all of a sudden, one day I go, wait a minute. I'm teaching all my clients how to open their mouth and talk to their partner. And I'm not doing it. So I sent her an email. It was around 1996 because I got email in 1995. So it wasn't much past 1995. And I said, last night, After dinner, when you were standing in the silhouette of the moon and I saw your body, it drove me crazy. I couldn't wait to get home to make love to you. I love your breasts. I love your nipples. I love, and she freaked out, Robin. And then I get it. And I I said this in the book. I wish I would have saved her email response. She said, no one has ever spoken to me so openly. I love you more now because you are really expressing yourself. And as a matter of fact, David, I've always wanted to get a latex suit. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah, actually, that story stood out to me in the book and I made a note on it. You know, I was like, wow, you know, you, you, you wrote that you were concerned that she might think that you were objectifying her. But then at the same time, you know, when, when you love somebody and, you know, you receive like a really like nicely worded email, like the way that you phrase it in the book. I mean, like, I can't imagine any woman being offended by that, you know, just like, wow, that made me feel really good, you know, (laughs) kind of thing, you know? And so, yeah. And I think, you know, 
I, you know, where you've alluded to it a little bit here and there, you know, about communication and how important that is. And um, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. But when we come back, I would really like to talk more about like how important it is for that open, honest communication, that being vulnerable, because I think it is really hard for a lot of us to be that way with our partners. It's, it's really difficult and it's really worth it, Robin. Yeah, totally. All right. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for Understanding Female Pleasure today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So, David, let's talk a little bit more about communication and the honesty that really is needed to have, like, these deep connections, you know, to really bring that passion alive, to be able to communicate what, what you would really like from your intimate relationship. Robin, the first place we start with our clients is we ask them to write down what's going on in their intimate relationship that they really love. So we start with a really simple, you know, and people don't, that, everyone takes this stuff for granted until you do the work, you know, and then all of a sudden you do the work and go, well, you know, I love the fact that my boyfriend, husband brings me coffee in the morning. And then we go, okay, when was the last time that you told them how important that is to you? I love the fact that my boyfriend kisses me slowly before we make love. When was the last time you told him that? I love the fact that my girlfriend, when we go out on Friday nights, dresses to the nines and all these guys look at her and I think it's awesome because she's stunning. Great. When was the last? So we first start out by asking the individual to get in touch with what they already enjoy about their partner. Mm-hmm. And we ask them to start sharing those simple things. And then we ask them to go deeper. What is it that you would like to do with your partner that you've never done? And this is where it gets scary. And this is yeah. where it gets cold, right? Mm-hmm. And so people go, well, you know, I've never done X, whatever X might be, you know, like, so let's say that, um, you know, they've never given their body, their, their partner a full body massage. Now sure. we're talking no sex. Okay. Yep. So we say, okay, now I want you to give your girlfriend, your wife, a full body massage. And the last 10 minutes, I want you to focus on the inside of her thighs without touching her vagina. And I want you to focus on the outside of her breast without touching her nipples. Now, we know physiologically that the inside of the thighs near the genitalia and the outside of the breast to the side of the nipple 
are outrageously sensitive spaces. When was the last time, if you're a guy, did you spend 10 minutes gently just touching with maybe a lotion or an oil the inside of your partner's thighs without going any further? And the answer is, I've never done it. Yeah. And let's, let's flip it. You're a woman. And let's say we're in a heterosexual relationship. When was the last time you took baby oil to the inside of your male's thighs? When was the last time that you massaged his butt? and ran your hands down the inside of his thighs? And the answer is never, on, with 99% of people. So right. we start to feed them, Robin, ideas. And yeah. then I ask them to come in and join me the next week. And we do, a, most of our work is Skype and phone now because of the COVID and everything else. But mm -hmm. you know, I'll say, now I want you to come prepared next week with all the things that you've never done. Also, I want a report of the massage with the inside of the thigh, you know, and these, Robin, you can imagine what goes on, right? Yes. Most people say, you asked me to do it for 10 minutes. We lasted two. The minute I went inside of his thighs, <laughs> he flipped over on the table and grabbed me. You know, it's like, that's what we want. Right. Right. We want that passion back. And, but it's probably not going to happen if we keep doing everything the way we're doing it right now. Right going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? So, yeah. So you're giving people ideas and giving them homework assignments and <laughs> yeah. which is great because, you know, I mean, that's part of the problem. A lot of us, we just don't know what to do. You know, we've yeah. never been taught, like our parents probably didn't talk to us about sex or relationships. So we got to observe our parents example, you know, however good or bad that was and the people in our community and our immediate surroundings but we never really actually get an education unless we happen to stumble across a book like the joy of sex or you know like these these other you know books that were out there you know back before the internet and now these days we have the internet which you know google sex at your own risk you know <laughs> that's right exactly yeah <laughs> well and you know what I, i'm gonna go back to something you just said because i think this is so crucial most of us are raised in a shroud of shame and guilt around sex. Mm -hmm. It comes from church, it comes from religion, it comes from parents, it comes from society. Why is that? Because we're asked to be controlled. Churches are trying to control us sexually, parents are trying to control us, society is trying to control us. Who is, who, when we're 18, 19, 20, 21, who's asking us the questions that we ask in our book? Who's, who's, who's giving us a list of 50 different ideas of different ways to please your partner and saying, circle the ones that you're interested in? And the answer, Robin, is no one. Right. So we end up carrying the shame and guilt around sex, and it begins <clears throat> what you said with our parents. If our parents are hamstrung, if they're handcuffed and they are afraid to kiss in front of their, their children, they're afraid to talk about sex with their 12-year-olds, their 11-year-olds, which is really where it needs to begin, with their 10-year-olds, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, I have parents with 10-year-olds that are the masters of finding sex videos on their phones, okay? So we can't put our head in the sand and say, well, he's 10 or she, you know, there's a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, excuse me, who's pregnant right now, okay? Now, 13-year-olds being pregnant, it's not the first time in the world it's happened. No. But when you're a parent and you have a 13-year-old who's pregnant, I'll trust you. It's going to blow your mind. It's devastating, yeah. It mm -hmm. absolutely rips you apart. There's shame now. There's guilt again. There's all this crap. But mm -hmm. where, how did that happen? From shame and guilt that we're afraid to talk to our kids about. 
of shame and guilt about showing the, our kids affection. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and, and when I said about it, uh, objectification, or I was afraid my girlfriend might call me a pig or something like that. And you had a great answer to that, Robin. When I'm talking to my partner, and of course, you know, I've, I have a lot of experience in this now. There isn't a thing I won't say. There is not one thing I won't say. And, and I'm, I'm saying from a positive perspective, mm-hmm. you know, I will relish her toenails. I, I, I look at the complete person. I'll relish her career. I'll support her with her family challenges. You know, I have come to the plate and totally changed from the old vanilla life where I was afraid to speak my mind, afraid to be in charge, afraid to be in control, afraid, afraid, afraid. Now there's no fear. And when you connect with someone that understands the power of communication, you will have sex like you've never had it before. In the book, we talk about something that's very common. It's called subspace or dom space. Subspace is when the submissive is so enroiled in the act of making love, of serving her partner, that she goes to an alternate reality which is really what sex does. Sex takes us to an alternate reality, just like cocaine does, just like alcohol does. Oxytocin is one of the most powerful hormones in the body. Mm -hmm. And when oxytocin is released, and it's released via hand-holding, kissing, and then ultimately during intercourse, that chemical is adrenaline-like in its power. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to say, what else can we do to release the sex hormone, the bonding hormone? Remember what I said earlier, this is all about monogamy. You know, in my book prior to this, Robin, we have a number one best-selling book and it's all about relationships. As a matter of fact, I happen to have it right here, love and relationship secrets that everyone needs to know. Mm-hmm. In this book, we prove that 80% of relationships in the United States of America suck. We prove it with stats. Mm-hmm. 80% mm-hmm. of our relationships suck, which is why we came out with this book right 50 plus flavors of erotic (laughs) love because you know i said we have to have a solution to this right Right. we have i mean the intimacy stinks you mentioned earlier the pandemic for people who read our book the pandemic is going to be a blessing oh yeah (laughs) because you now have the time most of us have more time to be able to sit and to think to write to discuss what are your intimate desires that you've never talked about with your partner? Write them down. Mm-hmm. Ask your partner to do the same thing. If you're afraid to have these conversations one-on-one with your partner, work with someone like myself or another counselor that can help you mitigate. Most of the time, I end up starting to work with the wife or the girlfriend, and I get her comfortable about expressing to a male what her desires and needs are. Right. And you know, and, and so everyone knows, you know, all my sessions are hands free. I mean, I'm very COVID related, whether COVID's going on right. or not, we're touch free. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> right? uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I, I make that comment because it's an important one for my profession mm-hmm. is that we don't have to touch anyone to teach them where their body's erogenous zones are. But Robin, here's something really interesting. Being in this industry for 40 years, I'm going to say 75% of women do not know their bodies at all. I would agree with you 100%. They mm-hmm. don't know it. So now let's, let's put ourselves, and I'm going to talk about men in a second. So you're a woman, and I say, what are your most erogenous zones? And most women are going to say, my clitoris or my vagina. Or, and I'll say, what else? What do you mean, what else? Yeah. Oh, my nipples. Oh, okay, what else? 
Yeah. What, what about the back of your neck? Yeah, nipples, back of your neck, ears. Ears. You know? yeah. When was the last time your boyfriend sucked on your earlobe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, recent. That, recent. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm more privileged than most. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good, Robin. Uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. But but you know, a lot of women, and when we talk about a G spot, you know, women have heard the term. Mm-hmm. And if I say, Do you know how to find yours? 95% of women will say no. Yeah. I'll say, Are you multi-orgasmic? They'll go, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know? No, I don't. Okay, okay well. Uh, it's like, I know. Right? <laughs> He's like, you know. <laughs> like, you know if you are or not. Yeah. You know, it's like you might not want to admit that you're not or that you've never had an orgasm. There's so many women who've never had an orgasm, you know. That's right. And, you know, most women don't realize that they have as much erectile tissue as men. It's just laid out differently. It's very different. And so what we want to do with our book is get people to start to explore their own bodies. Look, imagine this. When a, when a couple is not in sync and they go, you know, he just wants to slam it in and go to bed. Well, have you talked to him about you'd like to do it differently? And have you shown him how you'd like to do it? Oh, he's been with many women before. Well, obviously he's never been with you. You're not every woman. Right. Your body, your desires, your whatever turns you on could be totally different than the other women he's been with. Yep. And so we assume, you know, like Mm -hmm. that he should read my mind. And I'm going to talk about women here more. Yeah. And that's his experience too. Like that might've worked for other people, but he doesn't know that that doesn't feel good to everybody. That's right. And so, yeah, again, that communication piece. It's the communication. You know, in the past 23 years, I've had three relationships in this lifestyle with three submissive women. Um, I don't believe it's a bed hopping lifestyle. If you want to have intense, deep connection, um, I don't think it's a numbers game. I think it's a communication game. Mm -hmm. And not every woman I meet will be a good match for me. And that's okay. I'm not looking to have a football team full of girlfriends. I'm not looking for a lot. Right, right. You just need one (laughs) compatible person. Yeah. That's right. And so as I've come out of my closet that I had up until 1997, and I'm dating someone and they go, so, you know, what is it that turns you on intimately? And I said, well, you know what? I'm very type A. I'm what you would refer to as a loving dominant. And they'll go, well, what does that mean? And I'll say, I'll make it really easy for you. I really enjoy directing what we do in the bedroom. And I'm going to make sure you're more pleased than you've ever been before I even think about my own pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the role of the dominant in a beautiful love relationship. The dominant is in control, but in that control, I wanna make sure that my partner is ecstatic, pleasured, pleased that she's doing things maybe she's never done. And most importantly, when we make love, I wanna look in her eyes for as long as I can. Of course, once you go into orgasmic release, the eyes do some pretty freaky things and you may wanna (laughs) cover their eyes up at that point. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that connection, Robin, mm-hmm. when, you know, when I am in my role and doesn't matter if I'm on top, on bottom, on the side, on the balcony, on the kitchen table, it doesn't matter where we are. I want to make sure there's a, there's a part of making love where we are so connected with the eyes because that is true intimacy. And here's something else really fascinating. I only learned this by going into this lifestyle. When I was in the quote unquote vanilla world, I didn't really focus on looking at my partner's eyes because we were both focused on the end result, orgasm. Right, 
-hmm. And that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong. I mean, we're supposed to orgasm. It's awesome. But once I turned into this and started learning, there was a whole new world out there in 1997 that I had never heard of, Robin. Yes. And all of a sudden, I ha I'm being trained by another dominant. And he's saying to me, 1997, so how long do you look in your girlfriend's eyes when you make love? And I said, what do you mean? Right. Yeah, that's very typical. Like when I was, you know, over the years dating and stuff, I had an early partner who is very into the eye contact and I experienced that. And then I was looking for that after and noticed how many men would not look me in the eye. That's right. That's right. It's so intimate. Mm -hmm. It is so, you're so vulnerable. You are stripped raw. When you're making love and you're holding your, let's say you're holding your partner's face and you go down and kiss their lips and you pull back and you're making love and you make that eye connection, it is vulnerable, it is deep, it is erotic. And so many people have never experienced it, Robin. When we talk about these things in the book, you know, it's, and I'm gonna keep going back to this, it's how do I make a monogamous relationship exciting long-term? Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of the book. How do we stay together? How do we eliminate pornography addiction? How do we eliminate sex addiction, affairs, workaholism, alcoholism? So much of those addictions are caused by our unhappiness in our relationship that we're not willing to look at, work at, and fix. So we avoid. And if you don't want to talk, you'll find a way to avoid. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. As we've seen in the book, you know, there are so many people that thought that this was it. They're done. I'm out of here. And now they're having the most amazing intimate life. They can't even imagine being without it. Yeah, no doubt. Let's take a quick commercial break. And I have some thoughts I want to follow up with on that. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for Understanding Female Pleasure today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So those thoughts, you know, I've had friends who, you know, on the verge of breaking up and, you know, going through all these issues and, and stuff. And, you know, and I, and I'm just like, Oh, if only I could like give you the magic pill to fix things because you have such a beautiful family. And, and like, I've 
put you on this pedestal. You had such a beautiful relationship. Of course, we don't see what goes behind the scenes and that sort of thing. But, you know, I mean, just so many beautiful relationships struggle and, you know, and I'm, I'm having like worrying thoughts of like, Oh, I want to talk more about shame and more about communication. And, and just like, there's just so much to talk to you about, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh my goodness. I, it, Robin, it's true. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, like, and this is again, going back to why we write the book, you mm-hmm. know, we, I, I just, I'm so saddened when I wrote the last book and we proved that 80% of relationships are dysfunctional, you know, even though I knew it was a high number because I've been a counselor for so long, even I was shocked that it was 80%. And then I said, we've got to change this. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not something I'm just going to look at and go, well, that stinks and walk away from it. Right. But let, let me share a story from, I think it's in the chapter one, uh, a couple have been married 25 years. The wife came into me and said, I think I just got to ask you to help me through the beginning of the divorce process. And so we talked a little bit and I said, what's missing? She said, everything. Right. We don't do anything exciting intimately. You know, it's just so boring. So I asked her if she would be engaged in role play. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh my God, my husband will never do it. And I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what happens. So here's the story from the book. She walks into the bar. She goes to the bar and she's dressed very beautifully and she sits down and orders a drink. She notices a guy off to the left of the bar sitting by himself with a book next to a lamp and she keeps looking at him, looking at him and the bartender's going, hey, you know, how you doing? And he's trying to have a chat and she goes, would you please buy that gentleman a drink? He goes, sure. Goes over and he gets the drink order. He goes back and the gentleman looks and says, thank you. And she weighs and says, thank you. And so she's drinking her drink nervously. And then she says to the bartender, would you go, you know, get him another drink? And so she's, he says, yes. So now there's more people in the bar. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this drink, she gets up and says, screw it. I'm going over and I'm going to talk to him. He's got gray hair, but he's an attractive man. And so she sits down and they start talking. And, and then he says to her, she moved her leg and he says, put that leg back there. And she puts the leg back. And then he says, give me your hand. And she gives him her hand and they chat for a few minutes. And he says, uh, we're leaving now. And she gets up and she follows him out the door. The whole bar is going crazy, you know, and mm-hmm, everyone's mm-hmm. turning around and walking and they go out and they go home and make love and their husband and wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have turned their love life around from divorce to now they do these kind of fun games with each other every week, different place, different space. But they have said, and in the book, Julia's her name. She's the only client that said I could use her name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and she said, David, it turned everything around. So basically, they're a couple walking into a bar separately, and they're creating a scenario where she's picking up a guy at the bar. It's her husband, of course. And so like, there's this, this tension of oh, he's cute. I want to buy him a drink. And then like, you know, meanwhile, nobody in the bar is in on this secret, including the bartender. The bartender's like, oh, this dude's getting laid tonight. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's actually, it's pretty fun. That's a pretty fun scenario. Uh It's great. And there's a million different ways to role play. You know, I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. endless. And yeah, and the fun of just kind of like fucking with the people in the bar. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) but you know, these are now, and, and for people that are unfamiliar with this type of life, this is harmless, joyful, erotic, connective, fun. 
This is what brings the spark back. You don't have to be doing this in public. There's things you can do at home. You know, there, okay, so another cute story from the book. This woman came to me again on the verge of divorce, and she complained for four straight weeks about her CPA husband. You know, he's an accountant. He's straight-laced. He doesn't do anything fun. He's not erotic. He's not sexual. He's not this. So I said, okay, well, you know, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this book. I want you to just leave it laying out at home. She leaves this book out and then she says to her, he says to her one day, you know, what's going on? Why are you seeing a therapist? And she said, you know, I'm just trying to get more in touch with me. I just want to do some different things in our, in our intimate life. It just seems boring. She comes home that night and there's a note on the bed saying, mm -hmm. take a shower. There's lingerie in the closet. There's brand new heels in the closet. Underneath the bed are four different types of toys leave the ones you want on the bed, put the blindfold on, I'll be home at X period of time. Mm -hmm. So here's this woman with an accountant husband that is, has no interest in sexuality or sensuality at all, mm -hmm. that is now blowing her mind. She said he comes in the room, I guess he's a big guy, as she said in the book, you know, you could tell mm -hmm. his presence was in the room. And she said, David, I was wet as I could have ever been wet. I was so excited in anticipation. And Robin, their whole relationship and marriage changed overnight, you know, and she left the two or three things she wanted him to use. So he knew what she was comfortable with. You know, it's all consensual. Right. Mm -hmm. And these things, they don't take a lot of time or planning unless you want them to, but you can do some really simple things. The idea about this is if, now listen, it's easy to divorce. It's easy to marry. It's easy to have someone on the side as you're thinking about divorcing. It's easy to have an affair. It's easy to become addicted to pornography and not have time or the energy or the orgasm left for your partner. All of that is easy. What we're talking about with this book, Robin, is taking people to a brand new level of communication, erotica, love, desire, lovemaking, monogamy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's missing in our society. And we mm -hmm. wrote the book because it doesn't have to miss. You know, my, my publicist, TJ, calls this book 50 Shades of Grey Meets Therapy. He came <laughs> up with that. And it's really true. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, now with 50 Shades of Grey, you know, and I'll, t I'll tell you a cute story from my sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. So my brother won't read the book yet. He's read parts of it. He's hilarious. <laughs> but I'm sure if he wrote a book on erotica, I might go, hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's just a guy thing, right? But his wife, oh my God, she went crazy on the book. And she says to me afterwards, she goes, David, I read all three books or however many there was in the Fifty Shades of Grace series. Mm -hmm. I went and watched the movie. But she said, I didn't understand a damn thing that was going on until I read your book. And now it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. She said, however, the only thing that didn't make sense to me now that I know about this life is why were they always arguing with each other? And that's the problem with a lot of these erotica books, mm -hmm. and especially books that talk about domination and submission, is that it gets into this just insanity. It gets into just a vanilla relationship where they're pushing back, arguing. You know, it's not necessary. You can have a deep, sensual, monogamous, erotic relationship without the chaos and drama if you're willing to follow the tips that we give in the book, because I'm writing the book from an erotic position, but then we're giving advice from a counseling perspective. Mm -hmm. So it really is the marriage of both worlds. And, you know, we've already had people that had preview copies of the book say, you know, I'm not really interested in ABC, but oh my God, I can't wait to do F, G, and Y. You know? Right, so, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So like, what would you say like for couples who are maybe kind of getting burned out with each other, you know, they've been too much time under COVID lockdown together, what kind of thing? Like, would you have some tips that they can use to kind of like help get more on the same page, kind of elevate the spark, you know, the energy level between them kind of thing? Well, I, I would say the very easiest way to do it, it would be for one or the other to say, I want to pamper you tonight in bed. Mm-hmm. What would you like? Mm-hmm. If you'd like a massage, if you'd like me to go down on you, if you'd like me to, what, what is it that, what can I do for you sensually tonight? What, it's all about you, baby. It's all, when you approach your partner, now, first of all, depending on if you guys have been arguing recently, they're probably going to think you're, they're going to be skeptical. <laughs> they're going to go, right, what the right. heck do they <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. but, but let's just say you've been bored with each other and the relationship isn't that great. The number one thing to do is to offer to be of service to your partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that, Robin, it works every time. Can I massage you tonight? Can I give you a foot massage, a hand massage? You know, I remember dating a woman years ago when I first got into this. And I remember saying to her one time, you know, we're having so much fun and we're doing all these different things. And she was the one with the silicone suit, which is really a trip. If no one has ever been in a silicone suit, you got to try it once (laughs) in your life. It's really wild. You know, I remember saying to her one time, what can I do for you tonight? And she said, could you please give me a 10 minute foot massage? That's all I want. Well, within nine minutes, we were making love. Okay. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, but it, it, I mean, and I wasn't going to push it. I knew she was tired. I knew she had a rough day and she really just wanted her foot massaged. You know, speaking of that, Robin, you know, when we talk about what do we want, what do we like, what do we need? Yes. So many people don't know. Yes. I'm having those thoughts, <laughs> totally yeah. having those thoughts. Cause I know it's really true. You know, it's like, I have a whole workbook to help people figure out what it is that they want with their life. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to sensuality, because Mm -hmm. our parents aren't going to teach us this, you know, you're not going to learn it in college for God's sake. And unless you happen to run into a great sex teacher who happens to be a partner of yours, you're you're not going to learn these things. We need to just really super slow down. There's a story in the book I tell about another couple. I said, go watch some videos. And, and the woman couldn't believe that when she watched a man suck on the toes of his girlfriend, that she orgasmed on this video. And my client, this woman's going, how does that happen? That could never happen. When her boyfriend did it to her, she started having orgasms within three minutes. But she would have never known that her toes were this incredible erogenous zone until she actually started to experiment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now her, her, I forget if it's her boyfriend or, or her husband, but now what he, and he's the dominant and she's the submissive, but he will wash her feet, he will dry them, he will then gently start to rub his fingers on them, then his tongue, and within two to three minutes, she's in full-blown orgasm. And she never knew it was possible, Robin. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You know? So that's what we wanted to do in the book. You know, we wanted to give a thousand different examples, and there's another one I want to share that's super important. A woman came to me 200 pounds overweight, And she said, I know you work in the world of erotica, but look at me. I've never been erotic in my life. I've never been sensual. I've had sex, but it's never about anything other than sex. And I don't even know where to start. I've never worn lingerie. I don't wear jewelry. So we had her go get lingerie. Mm -hmm. And then we had her get perfume. 
And then we had her get what's called chokers for her neck. That's a very sensual, fun thing. They can have different words on it. And we slowly brought her into it. And one of the things I said to her was, I want you to lose weight for your health. But I don't care about your size in regards to intimacy. She goes, no one's going to love me like this. No one's going to be as serious as you are when you're teaching all these guys. And I said, you'll be surprised. Why? I said, if you don't have the attitude of erotica, sensuality, confidence in yourself, you're never going to find a guy that will respect and love you. So what we did was, Robin, we took several months of working with her to get her comfortable with taking pictures of herself, selfies in lingerie, you know, with heels on, with all these things that she never envisioned that she could do. And what happens next? Mm-hmm. She, she falls, finds a guy. She finds a guy <laughs> and he says to her, don't change. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. And so we want people, I don't care your sexual identity. I don't care your body size. I don't care your money. I don't care your skin color. I don't care your religion. This book will help every human being on the planet to number one, get comfortable with yourself. Because if you're not comfortable with yourself, you'll never be comfortable with anyone else. And then number two, how do I express my desires to my partner? That's the whole purpose of the book. That's what we want people to learn. And we take you step by step through it so you don't have to think. Like one of the most beautiful things I love about having to write this book is that I don't want people to think anymore, Robin, that you don't have to think. Buy the book, follow the instructions, create an erotic, deep, loving, committed, monogamous relationship and go for the rest of your life. Don't try to figure this stuff out on your own when it's already been figured out for you. Exactly. Don't recreate the wheel. <laughs> right on, honey. Yep. You're, you're 100% right on. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for Understanding Female Pleasure today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So, David, I know in your book you talk some about, like, worshiping your partner, which the whole idea of, you know, like worshiping your partner or also there's a, you know, you mentioned things like uh, vagina, or I prefer the word yoni, yoni worship, you know, lingam worship, penis worship, you know, like worshiping your partner's, 
either just them period or parts mm -hmm. of their body. Um, can you talk more about that? Yeah, I think it's one of the most beautiful things we can do. You know, when, whenever you are worshiped by your partner, your self-esteem and confidence goes through the roof, which is why I want both sides of the equation, you know, whether you're a dominant or submissive in nature. And those two words are so simple. You know, a dominant is usually a type A type person. A submissive is usually a type B or C type person. It's just personalities is all it is. It's nothing special about it. It's just who we normally are as a human being. So when the dominant, when the stronger of the two, and, and there's many women dominants out in this world, and I made a very strong point in the book saying this isn't just a male-dominated society and intimacy. There's a lot of women that love to be in control in the bedroom. When you look at your partner and you tell them how much you worship them, how much you love them, before we even get into body parts, just them as a human being, when you text them and say, I am so in love with you as my submissive, my dominant. I couldn't imagine being any deeper with anyone else in the world. That's worshiping. And then you physically worship them by going in and, and when they're naked, taking a body part. And I mentioned earlier, you know, it could be your partner's toes. It could be their vagina. It could be their nipples. And really focusing on how much you love that part of them. That's worship. And the more you worship your partner, regardless of where you're coming from, the more you're going to draw them in. Now, we're not talking about a perfect world. We're talking, you're going to have arguments, you're going to have disagreements, but we want this to be the foundation. I know in my existence with my submissive, I always want to make sure, regardless of what's going on, on a daily basis, she knows she's at the top of the list. And guess what? I'm at the top of her list. Mm -hmm. There's no separation. We honor each other. We respect each other. We have different roles. There's no doubt about that. But we love the roles that we have that are very natural in nature. And she had no idea before she met me that she was submissive in nature. The, the women that I've been with, the three women in 23 years, not one of them had a clue they were submissive. They didn't even know the word. They didn't know what it meant. Mm -hmm. But then when they started to be in that realm, in that zone, they saw this was so natural that they wanted to go deeper in that arena. When you get to the point, Robin, of worshiping your partner, the next story are things that evolve naturally. We can, we've taught different people who are the leaders in the relationship, the dominant in the relationship, that with your voice, voice alone, no physical touch. This is going to blow some of your listeners' minds. There's no physical touch. They might be in another freaking state, for God's sake. You can bring them with your voice only to orgasm. It's one of the things that I love teaching the stronger person, the person in control in the relationship. I love to show them how much power they have just with their voice. So one of the stories in the, in the book that I just love to talk about is that there's a submissive, she's driving, she's talking to her dominant, they're talking about they're going to see each other in two weeks, they hadn't seen each other in a month, they couldn't wait to be together, she's listening to her, her, his voice, she's getting, she's going, you know what, I'm really getting turned on right now, and he says, pull over the side of the road, put the car in park, I want you to reach down, and I want you to touch yourself two times. Take your hand away, and now you may come. And within 10 seconds, she was in a full-blown orgasm. Robin, that is intimacy. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about the depth of intimacy, when you have that much of a connection with your partner, that is stunningly beautiful. You're not going to read about this in a sex ed book. 
You're not going to have your parents teach you this. You're not going to have anyone in the world teach you this unless you desire to have an incredibly deep, connected, erotic relationship. And if you desire that, everything Robin and I are talking about today is available for you, just like it is anyone else, Robin. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know that we, uh, we're going to give away two copies of your book. Yeah, we're giving away two copies. And for people, I've got to read the title because you're going to love it. 50 Plus Flavors of Erotic Love, Leaving the Vanilla World for Ecstasy. And all that means is leaving boredom for connection. That's what it means. We're giving away two copies of the book and Robin's going to handle that. Yes. So if you can go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the giveaway link and we will have all of that good stuff there for you, all the details, and you can enter your name in for a chance to win. So David, it's been a very fascinating conversation today. And I have one last question for you because I can, I, it's, it's, I can feel the pushback a little bit. And so I just want to kind of like ask this question, like, what would you say to people who have like an issue with the idea of like the dominant submissive, just like that idea? Because I know when you say that it like, it brings to mind a certain vision and it's not always a healthy vision, which I know here in your situation, like we're talking about healthy relationships, you know, at a nice belt, you know, balance, you know, everybody's got their role. There's a lot of respect. There's always consent this kind of thing. And so I just want to kind of, because I think those, the, the terminology is maybe triggering for people. Cause I know when I first started looking at your book, I was like, Oh, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm the dominant. I don't know. Sounds <laughs> but, like you might be. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah. So, so what would you say to people like that? Because, you know, like I said, there's definitely like stigma associated with, you know, the concepts of, you know, dominant submissive and, and, um, you know, and we're not necessarily talking about BDSM here. No, um, but let me answer that question. Yes. Fifty Shades of Grey sold on three, four million copies. Mm-hmm. It's all about domination and submission. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So that answers your question. People want this. Mm-hmm. They're petrified of certain words, but everyone, pretty much almost every person in the world wants that kind of connection. They want that deep erotica. Mm-hmm. What we've done with our book, 50 Plus Flavors of Erotic Love, is we've taken 50 Shades of Grey. We've made domination and submission a more of a household term. And Robin, in all honesty, in every relationship, there's a dominant and a submissive. There's mm-hmm. someone who says, no, let's go here to eat tonight. No, let's go here on vacation. No, let's go. It's already here. We're right. already living it. Right. What, what I'm doing as an educator is saying, let's cut the crap. Let's cut the BS. Let's say what's going on mm-hmm. so that we have roles that we can now put titles on, labels on, that makes it just more easily accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's not a relationship in this world that is 50-50, regardless of what you want to hear. Always someone has the upper hand. There's someone that says, there's no way you're touching the checkbook. I'm doing that. You're not going grocery shopping. I'm taking care of it. The last time you went grocery shopping, oh my God, all we had was Fritos for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's already here. 
Right. So well, and it's true. And as you're saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, we've had like the euphemisms. Oh, you know, this person wears the pants in the relationship and that you. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all identical. All I'm doing is saying, let's be mature. Let's be adults. Let's put terminology on it that we can actually understand what it means. Mm -hmm. And then let's see what we play. You know, we didn't get a chance to talk about the switch. You know, there's a, a, a third role. You can be dominant, submissive, or a switch. A switch would be someone that can play either role. Robin, you may want to look into this. A switch is <laughs> a switch is someone who can be a dominant one mm -hmm. week and a submissive the next. Sure. So you know, there's all kinds of options here, and we want what we're what we're saying from the beginning is the book is about communication and monogamy. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can have too many books on communication and monogamy, Robin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am 100% all for, you know, having those deep, passionate connections. You know, I mean, this is the person you chose. You picked this person. Like, yeah. I picked this person to spend my life with, my time with, whatever the case may be. And so why wouldn't you want to have it be magical, amazing in every single way? I mean... You chose yeah. this. So create something beautiful. Absolutely. You know, um, what's what's Harlequin? Harlequin Publishing Company, they, they're, they're the number one publisher of erotic novels, which is, mm -hmm. you know, ours is an erotic handbook because it's part stories, part teaching. Right. Harlequin in one year sold 126 million erotic novels. That tells you that my new book is what people want. When, when one publisher sells 126 million erotic novels, that tells you there's an audience out there craving mm -hmm. this type of information, Robin. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to be the next player that comes in with a sane, logical uh, approach without the chaos and drama that we read in so many of these books. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I mean, we absolutely need good solid education you know and i feel the same way you know I, I bring this information to parents you know with the intention of helping them get this stuff figured out in their own mind so that they can you know have an intelligent conversation with their kid when the time is right absolutely i love what you're doing is so important well, it you. is so freaking important thank you you're welcome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. It's been a very fascinating conversation and I'm sure people will enjoy it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome, Robin. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.